interesting folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Starlight Drive-In. As usual, me and Carl are here watching the movies, and this is a very special month here at the Starlight, isn't it, Carl? Absolutely. Tell them what three letters it is. It's WTF month, and no, that doesn't mean where's the food. And it really means what the I mean, the best way to describe the tone I'm going with is the last five seconds of Dirty Mary and Crazy Larry. Yeah. I mean, you're just going through that whole film, you're like, yeah, they got away. Oh, what the fuck? They got hit by a trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. By the way, Daddy, I need to go to the restroom. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. We're going to have... Yeah, thank you all for going there. But, yeah, this is going to be a month of four very odd, unique movies. Like, we're starting tonight with uh, a hardcore drive-in classic that was such a hit at the drive-in that it crossed over into grindhouses and the regular theaters. That's how good this movie really is, right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Now, it's been a while since I've seen this, uh, because I remember the last time I saw this was in the 80s, mid-80s, when I was in New York. But I'm, I'm all primed for this one, man, seriously. And it's got one of my favorite two actors in it. That we're brothers. So there you go. And But first, as usual, we have the trailers. And this week, we promise you, they're a lot better than last week. So I think, snack. actually, a presidential debate would be better than last week. Good fucking God, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something horrible about a trailer reel, I mean a con reel, that don't belong in a trailer reel. Yeah. Yes, we know it was a con reel, but I'm never going to fucking watch that movie no matter what. (laughs) 
Well, don't worry. If you've watched the first two episodes of the TV show, you've seen it. The same with Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Good Lord. But as get to drive-in grindhouse movie trailers from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, number three, and get to the one hour and 45 mark, and it says recommended for adults only. Right, and let's specify that. One hour and 45 seconds. So it's one, yeah. one hour zero, zero. 45 seconds. Right. And if you're there, watch with us when we say, and get ready in five, four, three, two, one, go. I feel sorry go. for you, Carl, because this trailer is the adventurers. You was in your prime movie going years during this debacle, which was Harold Robbins' exploitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that happened uh, late 60s, early 70s, man. Yeah, there was like every Harold Robbins movie book, it seems out there, they put in there because it had sex, violence, burners, fancy cars. And fancy it was star-studded, too. And not a damn one of them were good. Even the later ones, like Bloodline and stuff, were not a damn good one in the batch. And that is what makes it so rare. Because usually when you get a series of movies based on one full thing, there's usually one good movie in the damn batch. Not in this case. Oh, God, no, no. This one is... Hey, boobies! Hey, old boobies! Yeah. Hey, Barnabas Collins! That's what I was going to say! Oh my god, Jonathan Fred! Obligatory James Mason appearance. Well, at least it's not Mandingo. <laughs> oh god. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one I even I wouldn't touch. Mandingo and Drum. Though I think That's... Drum is the better movie, actually. It's more entertaining. <laughs> well, it's got the better actors in it. No, actually, I, I disagree with that. It's got the actors that understand that they're in a piece of shit, and that makes them more fun. Come on, I'd Ken rather Norton watch a movie with Yafet Koto, Pam Greer, uh, what's oh, his name yeah. from Cockfighter? Uh, Warren Oates. Yeah, Warren Oates. It's just a B-movie goodness with B-movie actors. And they know they're in a B-movie. Exactly. The they know they're with in the a Harold Robbins movies is it should have people that know they're in a B movie. Candace Bergen, Ernest Borgnine, 
Rosano Blasi, Olivia de Havilland, and it's a Shame piece of on shit. You, Lewis Gilbert. That's, well, we actually, he was a stated. good director, but this was one of his bombs. Well, we've already stated that I almost saw the. Come on! This is a new buggy movie. This one's bizarre. This is what about this torturing them? Hey, Dana Andrews, and it isn't the day the earth starts still. Hot rods to hell. This brings up my theory. You add hell to hell any to anything, and it automatically makes it sound cooler. Hey, Carl, you want your glasses? In hell. <laughs> you say Portnoy's complaint in hell. <laughs> no, it is hell. Hell the what? <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. Sorry, uh, don't even explain. Don't don't explain. Just go on. Remember, uh, yeah, we've already talked about. It. We've had Richard Benjamin. <laughs> yes. Mickey Rooney Jr. and his combo. Mimsy Farmer. Oh my God, I love Mimsy Farmer. Oh yeah. This this is another bizarre JD film about the people in the doom buggy chasing Dana Andrews and his family around and torturing them for 90 minutes. For no reason at all. Yeah, for no reason other than we need a plot. Yeah. There's only one movie that used that plot that worked, and that's Satan Sadist. Yes. But this movie ain't got no Russ Tamblin, damn it. Or nope. Gary Kent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, four Leaf Production. Uh, four Leaf Clover. Yeah. Here's a classic. Did you play this one during the 70s, Carl? At the drive-in as the hatchet murders? No, I don't think so. No, this was one that we did not do. Yeah, that was the U.S. title. It was cut to 90 minutes, and it was called The Hatchet Murders. Even though only one person in the damn movie gets killed with a hatchet. But, but you know, the thing about this film is it, th- this was not a drive-in film, really. I, I don't agree with that anyway. This was a grindhouse film. Yeah, but it was played at as a hatchet murders as part of uh, a Cinerama when they needed a second film for a double package, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see that. I can see that. Good film, though. Oh, here's another weird one. Richard Burton is Bluebeard. You know how we talked last week how me and Carl love good trash? This is good trash. I'm not sure I would agree with that. I think this is bad trash, but (laughs) but the one thing I will say is it is always wonderful to see Richard Burton overact. And kill a bunch of women. And have one woman get falconed to death, as they say. Yep. 
This movie is so over the top that if Richard Burton didn't act over the top, I would be shocked. And it's fucking Edward Demetric. What the hell are they thinking? This is, Carl thinks this is bad trash. I think this is fun trash. Raquel Welch. Verna Lisi. Natalie Delon. Natalie Delon. Marilu Tolo. Sybil Danning. Danning, damn it. The only goddamn good thing in the movie, her and Joey Harrison. I always had to say for Joey Heatherton. I will say that. Yeah. This is in, uh, fun trash. Okay. Well, we agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. That's okay. But we do agree. Oh, speaking of bizarre documentaries, this is one of the weirdest goddamn ones you can find. Derby. About a schmuck who quit his job to become part of the roller derby circuit. Okay, the, the weird thing is I don't think people these days would would really know what the hell roller derby was other than, you know, watching rollerball. <laughs> right? Well, roller derby was a small... It didn't last that long, did it? No, no, basically about 10 years. But it was big. Oh, you know, God, ESPN yeah. ran ran roller derby all the time back in the early days, back in the well, uh, late seventies, early eighties. Uh, if I remember, ESPN had trick shop pool tournaments in the early days. Oh, not only that, they had miniature golf tournaments, which I fucking loved. <laughs> oh, yeah. And those strongman tournaments, too, where the guys the pants open, lifting. But this is a bizarre documentary if you've never had the bad luck to see it, Carl. No, I, 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 no, I do like my derby movies. I do like my derby movies. You might movies like this because this is an actual, like I said, this is an actual documentary. This is what I've got to show for it now. It's my house and a beautiful place up here in heaven. <laughs> See, Billy Boyd said it was good. Gerald Knockman, Oakland, California. William Richard. Oh, my God. You know who that is? No, who? That's that's the guy, that's the father of the guy who did Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, cool. And here is one of my favorite Bronson films ever. I knew this from the start. Do you call? Okay, which one is this? I gotta remember. I'm saying if you guess. I'm gonna say ten to midnight. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Now I know what it is. Why? Never mind. What is it? This is Rider on the Rain. Yeah, Rider on the Rain. I love this. This trailer sells it as an action film, which this movie is the furthest thing from an action movie as you're going to get. It's basically a mindfuck. This is a mindfuck movie. Yeah. 
this is like a complete suspense Yalio film without any real murders in it. But right. yeah, it does have these moments of Bronson is a badass because the guy that she killed that tried to rape her uh, steals like a big bunk of cash from the mob and the mob's looking for it and he's AWOL from the army and that's what Bronson's looking for. And if you get a right. chance to see it, it's good. Oh, here's Nocturna. Okay, this is one of the more interesting uh, uh, vampire. It's not good, but it is so. And that's Nye Bonet. Uh, and, of course, John Carradine. This, this, this is odd. I like this, this movie. I'm one of the few that I know that. Yeah. It's weird knowing that you like a disco disco themed movie. <laughs> but, but 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 you know what? I I just thought this was just so odd and so wonderful and so weird. There's Yolanda Carlo. Yeah, I mean, the, I have actually seen this titled as Old Dracula. But no, actually, I think that's a different film. I think that's a different film with uh, um, David Let Niven. Let me finish. Actually, yeah, they okay. had to change it because of the David Niven film. But this ah, will fit gotcha. the old Dracula title better. And there's your man. Yeah, brother Theodore, who I used to hang out with back in the is day, doing the narration for this trailer. Uh huh. Gloria Gaynor, Gaynor, Vicky Sue Robinson. And the moment of truth. I love this. He rips off a, a letter from the disco and uses it from the cross. Ah, I ah. love it. It'll it's a lot of fun. Now, this is good trash. <laughs> That's good trash. This is one of my oh. favorite ones with a great soundtrack, Youngblood. This is one of the forgotten black exploitation films, which is sad because it's good. Oh, fuck. It's war. Yeah, I don't know that one. Don't know it. Yeah, Young Blood is good. Young Blood. I'm talking to you. Young Blood. Russians in the space race. What is this? I forget. Oh, I don't. Oh, my bad. This is Sun Classics Hangar 18. (laughs) Oh, okay. Don't worry. This is came right after you left the drive-in circuit. Thank God. Yeah, it's not a good movie unless you love your. UFO exploitation films. This is the kind of stuff well, I think Vicky would like. This is by, definitely by UFO way. exploitation. And, and this trailer is in commemoration of our old friend Jefferson Richards, who co-produced this film. I just checked that. Yeah, Jefferson Richards. Hair 18. And Area 51. But the government 
As a matter of fact, the uh, uh, Independence Day ripped off this movie. Yeah, they did. Oh, this um, is a very, very bizarre one. I love this one. Fucking love this movie. And it's got the best, my favorite actor of the 70s in it. In God bless Stacy Keach. You should do that. I just might kill you. Is James Earl Jones having too much fun in this movie? Oh, he's having a blast in this. You know, you know that's the thing about James Earl Jones. Check his early movies out because he has a blast before he became Darth Vader. Got to check that. See, I love this movie. This is a great fucking film. This was I did a I I did a listing of all my favorite films of each year of the seventies, and this was yeah. on nineteen seventy. Love this. This movie. it's out if you want to check it out as a Warner on demand. Title, and I don't know why I haven't bought this yet. <laughs> this is the only one of those movies that fit in with the strawberry statement and things like that. That is good. Because this would definitely fit in with What the Fuck Month, wouldn't it, Carl? Yeah. (laughs) 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 This is one of the first legit X-rated movies ever to come out. Yeah, Harris Yulin, too, is great in this film. Yeah. Really good film. But James Earl Jones is just so good. uh, This is just worth seeing. James Coco, the real Ray Brock. I like that fake fucker that's uh, probably two cars down. Yeah, Grayson Hall from from, uh, uh, Shadows. And he played by Terry Southern, by John Barth's novel. Mm -hmm. This is one of Dan Kramer's favorite films, by the way. Well, at least you got, I got, well, everyone who's seen this likes it. Black Angel. Oh, this one's right up your alley, man. Right up my alley. Yeah, this is a bizarre film because this is one of the few ones that have an all-black gang. But what's funny is they don't tell what the major crux of this movie is, is that for the first quarter of it the blacks are fighting against the white gang but then in the Mm -hmm. last third the black and the white gangs have to team together because the cops are out to frame them and kill them Untamed. Yeah. 
This is just trippy. I've never ran into a copy of it. This is a rare bird, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, I've never I've never seen this either, but by God, I want to. You ain't busting nobody, oh. Whitey. <laughs> God dang. He just likes slapping that girl, don't he? Yeah, not, not exactly uh, PC these days. We're just saying. Oh, and there's a Benny Hill shot. What, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is one, if we ever get a chance, I want to see this because it just looks. It looks like fucking it. wild, man. Yeah. Freaking down on wheels, dangers in their life. That's what their destiny. Black angels, savage, brutal fear. Don't visit. It's AIP, so why hasn't it come out? I don't know. Presents Moses. Ooh, Gun. Moses God. Fuck yeah. Oh, this is the hot rock. Oh, I love this movie. What's the sad thing? This is thing a lot is, of fun. Is if you watch this trailer, you'll think it's a serious heist film. It's not. It's no, just, it's one of the fucking it's hysterical. A, yeah, it's what I call a schmuck film. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good. It's. More funnier than you would think it was. Oh, it's you like that, that bomb? I picked it up at Berkeley. Ron, Ron Lieberman. Lieberman. It's weird seeing Ron Lieberman without his mustache. Yeah, by the way, it's Liebman. It's Jeff Lieberman. It's, oh, Lieberman, uh, yeah. Ron Lieberman. <laughs> <laughs> This was based on a series of books about this guy who's like probably the world's worst bank robber or heist artist. And what's funny is this movie probably would have been better if George Siegel would have been hired in the lead role rather than Robert Redford. But I'll tell you what, fuck all that. Cyril Mostel steals his movie. Oh, God, yeah. Every movie that <laughs> Cyril Mostel is in, he steals it. You landed on there the wrong building, you dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for a nice, harmless caper film, you you could do worse than this. Oh, this is I I think that's faint praise. I think this is one of the best comic uh, uh, heist films there are. It's wonderful. Yeah. Finally, we get music that basically tells what kind of tone the movie's going to be. But the author of the books complained about Robert Redford being cast as his main guy. Yeah. 
Oh, and here's one that was supposed to be directed by uh, who directed Gordon Parks, but for some reason he got forced out of the project. This was supposed to be a follow-up to Learning Tree Conrack. By the way, the reason he got uh, uh, he, he got shafted on this was the the writer of the uh, original novel and the screenplay, Pat Conroy. They did not see eye to eye, and Conroy's people had had put up money to get this produced, and so they had more money in it than Parks, and fuck it, they took it over. It's to me, this is a disappointment. Yeah, it's this is a disappointment. Uh, it's another one of those white saviors come in to teach the ignorant blacks black masses. Yeah, movies. And that's one of the big reasons that Gordon Parks didn't like the screenplay or the book. Yeah, that was what they were fighting about. And I get it. Okay. To oh, me, I get it. Movie. Yeah, it's. It, it's if you watch the movie, it's a wasted opportunity. Yeah, it you is. know who uh, Gordon Parks wanted to cast as the lead in this, Carl? I don't know. Uh, who's the guy in Blackula? Oh, what, William. Uh, uh, yeah, Mar- he wanted to have William Marshall play Conrad. Couldn't you see? I'm not uh, saying Boyd doesn't do a good job, but, but um, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. The movie never works. Just because it's a true story that's good, a good true story doesn't mean that you should be true to it. Right. I've seen many a great true stories where they uh, fudge the details. Yeah. Wait, Paul Winfield, Hugh Cronin. I mean, Paul Winfield did a better job as Conrad. Oh, absolutely. And here's the last trailer. I love this fucking movie. Yes, but this is an actual good trailer for it. Unlike that corny bullshit one that we got in the last batch of trailers. Right. Why are you so interested in these chairs? It's personal. (laughs) Yes. You notice this was geared towards a Jewish audience more, this trailer, than the other one? Oh, absolutely. The the other thing, this is a this is a Russian fairy tale in many ways, or folk tale, and and uh, it's Jewish. And I'm going to tell you something. Rod Moody is fucking amazing in this film, and I love Langella too in this. Much in lust with you, <laughs> and uh, love him. Ha, 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 ha.
I just think it's funny that after knocking it out of the park with the producers and having his own golden ticket to make any movie he wanted, he decided to make this small little Jewish folktale of a movie. But it's beautiful. The one thing about this film, now now you see a lot of the insanity, but to be honest, there's, you know, considering it's a Mel Brooks film, there's very little insanity in this film. I know. Seriously. That's, that's another reason why it got bad reviews. And, and I'll tell you something else. If you're not crying at the end of this, something is fucking wrong. I, 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 I totally believe this is Mel Brooks' most underrated film. It is fucking brilliant. Everybody should go see this. Period. Yeah. And there we go. We're done. Right? Okay. Yeah. And until next time, and now we're going to get ready. This film, let's be honest, is Pat says like a true story, but this story is about a murder. And what the hell are you talking about, Steve? Well, Max Bayer, the producer, the writer, and actor in this movie, had just come off of uh, the Beverly Hills And he wanted to get rid of that Jethro. Jethro image. And so he he decided to do this. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Trust me. He's right in one thing. This is a 180 degree turn from fucking Jethro. There's no question. Yeah. This is Making County Line 1974. And when I first seen this, Carl... Are you are you get are you got there yet? That's one. Uh, yeah, I'm, doing I'm, this song I'm, ready. And dance. I'm right at zero zero. Okay, here we go. Get it on Macon County Line. If you got the DVD, watch it with us, or you can get it free on uh, Bum Bumba Shout Factory TV, or pay the three bucks to. Get Shout Factory TV and get everything that you have to rent for three bucks each for free. Well, from yeah. this three. And get ready yep. and get it on start and buy and hit start in five, four, three, two, one, go. Here we go. But, yeah, this is like 200% away from it. And this came out before or after American Graffiti? After. After, yeah. So right here you're having him, uh, this story is true, only the names and places have been changed. Ah! But this is a sort of a... 
already pissing on the beautiful, mystery, dreamy 50s that uh, American Graffiti start, uh, brought up when it came out. Right, exactly. <clears throat> great song, and, by the way. Oh, God, yeah, this is a great soundtrack. He paid no, spared no expense on this. And this was a AIP film, but it was a pickup. Bear played it. Bear basically this himself through his own company and stuff. Absolutely. And here we get to hear the voice of uh, not Jesse, but the other Vince. Alan. Alan Vince. Alan Bent, and he said, and Jesse said that Alan made up some, just the weirdest shit ever just to try to break Jesse up right here. Yeah. Lift your leg up. Get those buns up higher. God damn it, get your hand off my ass. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Royal Crown Cola. The red light. The wood paneling. <laughs> That's actually naughty pine. Actual naughty pine, not that fake shit we had in the seventies. Yeah. And there he is, Jesse Lee Bent. This film made him. I mean, he was in John Wayne, a couple of John Wayne movies before this, but this is a film that pretty much made him a drive-in star. Well, well, it's also the film that I fell in love with him as an actor. Uh, we ran this at the uh, at, at the drive-in, of and course. it was huge. This it was played, fucking huge. Yeah, you know how mostly you were like, "Oh, this is a northern film." That was a southern film. You know that, right? No, yep. this was everywhere. Well, one of the things about this film. That I don't think I've ever told you. We ran this at the drive-in. The the uh, uh, the response was so good. He brought it back at the end of the season, and we had as many people at the end of the season as we did when we did this. And I think we probably did this in early May. Yeah. But we did the, we. He brought it back in late September, and we still had shitloads of people. God, yeah, this movie is really that good. Uh, from what I could gather, the Unknown Zone, the local horror, and yes, it does get there. Just wait. Uh, played this once a year, and this is one of their biggest hits to the point that one year they forgot to uh, play it, and they got letters and phone calls of complaints to the WBR Channel 10. From people who wanted to watch Making County Live. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Go on me, god damn it. <laughs> Somebody come back to bed. You son of a bitch. I bark for you. God damn. What? I bark for you. No, the bark for me. Yeah, I know. 
Laverne Baker, man. Great fucking soundtrack. <laughs> and look, we got his ass on the Wake and County Wild. You're Danny to the rescue. Jim Daddy do the The great Laverne Baker, man. Fucking great singer. And this movie takes a lot of tonal shifts during it. Usually when you got got a movie with a lot of insane tonal shifts like this one, it don't work. But this one, the tonal shifts just work. So fucking good. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, what's it? Uh, and his brother didn't do many movies after this. It was Jesse that got the bug on this. And really. Become yeah, it's definitely Jesse. You know, they, yeah. they both are good. Jesse, Jesse Bent is in one of my favorite cannibal movies of all time, uh, Welcome to Arrow Beach. He was He's in one of your favorite sci-fi films. Yeah, of, Forbidden of the, Zone. Early, yeah, not Forbidden Zone, Forbidden... Uh, forbidden Planet. No. Yeah. A forbidden Planet. World. World. That's it. That's it. That's it. Forbidden World. <laughs> I love it. They didn't get the car towed. Keep on keeping on. Alan Ben. Cheryl Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lewis. Lewis Just still look how many people really got good careers after this. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Lewis. Joan Blackman. Joan Blackman is Carol Morgan, and Jesse Bent is Wayne. Now, this is another good song right here. Oh, yeah. Leif Garrett's in this, very briefly. Yeah, Leif Garrett. Oh, the, the, the soundtrack to this is fucking amazing. I remember when we played this. And I'd be I'd be dancing around to this fucking music, man. Seriously. Yeah, Doodles Weaver. Okay, you know who Doodles Weaver is, don't you? Yeah, that's why I mentioned his name. Okay, well we should tell our audience that Doodles Weaver was uh, uh, part of um, Spike Jones' band in the forties and fifties. Yeah, and, and had his and, own uh, show in the yeah. 60s. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God damn. Listen to that voice. I know. This is what you would consider a perfect drive-in movie. Well, no, this is the perfect movie because, like I said, usually something like this you would expect it to do good in the drive-in. But this one would not, you know, just boom. Yeah. Bermetta. Sue Phillips. Yep. 
Bobby Gentry, who disappeared Bobby in 1982, Gentry. and we haven't heard from her since. Well, the 80s were bad for 70s girls like her, sadly. Yeah, you... you <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Story by Max Bear. Screenplay by Max Bear. This is Max Bear's baby. See, produced. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I got to talk a little bit about Richard. I got to talk a little bit about our director who uh, did a film earlier that has very much the same plot called Welcome and Home, that, Soldier hey, Boy. Look who that is. There he is. Yep. That's Doodles Weaver. Now go back to talking about the director. Okay, yeah, that's Doodles. So anyway... Um, Richard Compton, uh, uh, basically right after this, he did a couple other films, but he went into TV and he became one of the best TV directors. He directed several episodes of The Equalizer. He he did so much work, and, and, and I was looking at some of the uh, episodes of, of that show, which is one of my favorite shows. He did some of the best episodes. Really good, solid director. Nice. Good old doodles. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but if he's an old fart, he's a great old fucking fart. <laughs> yeah. And that's... Yeah, I'm an old fart these days, so what the fuck? Yeah, I'm an old fart, too, if you count how bad my insides are, but let's not get into that. No. <laughs> so, so another thing, if you're a car person, you're going to love these fucking cars, man. Yeah. You know, what was the thing with, uh, it was all about explosions, cars and girls, right, at the drive-in. This has yeah. everyone fucking spades. Well, the car thing is easy to explain. Everyone drove there in cars. The car culture was focused on the driving. You would go there and show off your car. So anything with beautiful old cars like this was just loved. Oh, yeah. Seriously. And I love how light this movie really starts out, you know. It's mm-hmm. one of those that I bet there was a lot of people surprised that some of the twists and turns we'll get into later when it gets to it. But, you you know, we, we talked about this. They are playing a bit with the American graffiti. And in a sense, in that era, in the 70s, there was a huge – you want to go back to the 50s, right? And there's yeah. nostalgia for was all over the fucking films of the 70s. 
you know, American Hot Wax, uh, so many of them. And to really explain, they really talk about it a tiny bit, but they really don't get into it much, is that those two are uh, headed to military service. That was a big thing in the 50s, wasn't it, Carl? If you get your ass in trouble, you can either do the jail time or military time. Because this was during the rare thing where there wasn't any war. That's why it's 1954. Yeah. Because we're not officially in Korea yet. Yeah, this is in between World War II and Korea. Which means it's like uh, the golden time. We just kicked a lot of ass in WW2. We're America. Uh, the world's protectors, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, it's me, but I want to, I want to bang the waitress. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be. Yeah. I'll just say. Nice. Now, this is definitely a takeoff of uh, American graffiti right here. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, I love how the fact that these films are making you fall in love with these guys before any mm-hmm. th- the plot kicks in. And there's trouble. And that's the whole point. That's real trouble. Only thing I really don't know is what uh where they're going, which base they're mm-hmm. going. You know, Louisiana they could be going to Fort Bragg. Uh if they're in Texas now, then you Louisiana down in Texas. Carl Perkins. There's a rule.
subscribe in, which is if the first thing a girl says to you was, I'm 20 years old, you're pretty much goddamn bloody well guaranteed that she's not 20 years old. Right, girl? You got that one right. <laughs> oh, we just want to put your hand on our leg, that's all. See? Absolutely. Right there, it explains it. You know, and, and, and there's something else here, too. Not that they make it explicit or anything like that, but this idea of, of, of being free and going around in the cars and and traveling with no uh, no destination and, and you don't care where you end up was very much part of the beatniks. Now, yeah. this is not a beatnik film, mm-hmm. but but it was it was relatively prevalent. <laughs> How do you like that? Assault with a friendly weapon. Yep. In short, statutory. Yep.
This is that's not just a southern thing. I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania with the Pennsylvania. Yeah, a small yeah. town thing. Hell, it's still going on that's, nowadays, the big gun culture in America. Hey, I even saw the gun. Does that scare you? No. If you didn't shoot a gun no. and you lived in a small town, that would scare me. Okay. Nice. Fishing. Yeah, I and, mean, and yeah, I, I know. It just gives us beautiful calm serene background with everything it lures you it lulls you in to get you comfortable and you feel safe Mm -hmm. and even though if you really look at these boys and the stories they're telling and her too you don't shouldn't feel safe you know Mm -hmm. all three of them are trouble And there's Jeffrey Lewis. Mm-hmm. There he is. He's Probably best known for... Go ahead. I was just going to say best known for, for his work with uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that was always there. You know? Yeah, they did that in my small southern town, too. I'd see people uh, trade like horses and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Stick the hose. How do you like that? Yeah. That's what everybody thinks of every little small town they're in, ain't it? On the wrong end of the stick. Yeah, on the wrong end of the stick. this and you know this is the first time I've seen this in 30 years right we're only 15 20 minutes into the film and 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 it's very very much you don't know where this is going they're not telling you yeah I know they're playing their cards very close to the chest 
And that's probably why you got the crowd at the end of the month. They're like, you got to see this movie. I mean, God damn. I mean, just, you know. And, of course, we're already giving it away by what we're saying. But well, actually, no, you not. don't know where this is going. We're not. No, we're not. Yeah. Well, of course, as we said before and said again, if you're watching this for the first time with us, our beautiful voices, what's wrong with you? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you've watched the movie and you're listening to us, uh, maybe you'll we can sing the same. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, we understand where you're coming from. This is what the month, and we picked this movie out for a very good, good reason. Because first time I've seen it, it slapped me in the face. I mean, I was like watching this part right here, and I'm like, why is this on the unknown zone? This is the horror, you know, this is the horror package. What the fuck? You know, I'll tell you what, there's a reason he's Jeffro, and there's a reason he's taking off the, sh- the shirt and everything, and that's for the women. Trust me on that. Yeah. I mean, this is just, I love the fact that it shows that even though it shows them as good people before that, you know, they're rogues, but they are good people. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking no more you get the idea. Yeah. I don't know who you are. Well, that's the way it was. If they didn't know who you was, you wasn't going to get to use no credit card back then. Ain't nowadays where oh, everything's a debit. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. They didn't even let women have credit cards. Oh, good Not Lord, until no. the 60s. Well, yeah. $27 for a fuel pump? That's pretty damn cheap for back then. Yeah. Guns as good as money. And that's no joke. I love it. Right now you're thinking, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? You know. Yeah, absolutely.
It's just nice to see Jeffrey Lewis in a nice, nice role yeah. back then before he was known. I know. This movie was like continuously playing on drive-ins and stuff and indoors throughout the 70s. Yep. I mean, Max Baer only did this film with Max Baer Productions. You know why? No, I don't, actually. This movie did so good that he didn't have to after this. Oh, absolutely. Between this and, 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 and of course, uh, uh, um, help Beverly Hillbillies, you know, he was set for life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and Jesse Bent really did this because he – even bankrolled his own film after this, which was Black Oak Conspiracy, which is a good film. And his brother, well, the main reason he did this movie is so he could act with uh, Jesse. Uh, I forget what he did after this, but he didn't do much more acting. No. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at Alan and see what he did. Okay, okay. give me a second. Yeah. Um, let me check. I'll be right back. Yeah. And I love it again right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So Alan had been in Badlands. He had a small role in Badlands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the sons. Yes. But basically, his acting was was from the late 60s into the 70s, all TV. He's in a film called The McMasters. He has a small part in Panic and Needle Park. He also has a small part in Tulane Blacktop. Uh, Welcome Home, Soldier Boys, which we mentioned. Uh, The Unholy Roller, he's in. Badlands, Making County Line. This is his only real starring role. Has a small role in Earthquake. Uh, He's in the Bronson film, Breakout. But then after that, it's all TV series, except for Checkered Flag or Crash, which is a terrible movie, unfortunately. Has he played down Melvin Purvis in Lady, Lady in Red? But oh. that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. 
He just liked reading them dirty books. But basically stopped uh, uh, acting in the early 90s. Yeah. And I love how the cameraman, whenever they have him there, it, that, oh my God, I forgot. This scene has everybody involved in the last third of this movie, man. They're here. The sheriff, the brothers, the girls. Boom! These two reprobates. Isn't it funny how they just all come together right here? And that's the whole point. It's all about happenstance. Yeah. I mean, if the first time you've seen this, you probably didn't realize it, did you? No, no. Now I do, I do remember that when we got it at the drive-in, yeah. uh, we did not get it when it first came out. It was like a month or two afterwards, and and uh, so the the word of mouth had been really, really good. Illinois, they came, think about it, they traveled all the way from Illinois down to Louisiana, down through the south. These are some northern boys. But but you can tell he's starting to get more and more uh, comfortable with the role right now. Yeah. The faded way I know how to get off. The premise is, is to use a tool. Mm-hmm. He's giving them shit And then after he jewed that guy down Said well I'll pay you for the end of the month For that new gun uh-huh. Real ball buster uh-huh. Chicago that's like two hours from Tennessee, and Tennessee's a long damn way from Louisiana. Well, yeah, I love how threatening he is right here. Mm-hmm. He is a tall drink of water, though. He really is yeah. a tall drink of water. What? 
and vagrants. Yeah, that was a law. That was the uh, I'm going to bust your balls law. Yeah, exactly. How scary is Max in this scene here? And he's wonderful. Yeah, he's, he's just, wonderful. He's, he's underplaying it. He's not being really scary, but he's underplaying it. Yeah, and, and, and he's and not he's using that goofy uh Jethro vibe. No, not at all. What was that? Exactly. What was that? I don't know. I wouldn't like that at all. And I love how he likes to keep his uh, rebel flag showing, mm-hmm. you know. And he didn't like them because they from up north, they Yankees. Here's where the happenstance really starts to get into play. Yep. And if you notice, everything is darker than dark. This is dark. (laughs) This is David Lynch Lost Highway dark. Now, I'm just talking about the night. But but one of the things I want to say about this is that Okay, take yourself back. This is the 70s. I've always said that the 70s are the most depressing uh, decade in film. And they were not afraid to do something different. And and this is different because of the tonal shifts, which which we've mentioned already, but you haven't really experienced yet. But here, you're going to experience it here. This is kind of a cool scene, actually. Yeah. Humanizing everyone and then, of course, pulling the rug out from you later. Yeah. We're real. What do you mean later? In the next scene in the car with those two, you're going to get. The one of the first really big jaw droppers in this movie. Yeah. Uh oh. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, bringing this in too. Yeah, and look what the, he she's watching on TV. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's the McCarthy. Uh, yeah, the hearing. McCarthy hearings. 
which I have a, a, a great interest in for many, many, many years. I remember seeing that uh, on this film. Like, holy shit. They're bringing in some other shit that generally is not in a drive-in movie. Yeah. I, like I said, this is, they just, this is really where it starts just to take all of the rainbows and sunshine and bloop, fuck you, it's gone. Oh, yeah, this is when I bet a few driving patrons started squirming. Oh, absolutely. What did you think when this part right here first came up? You're like, uh-oh, right? Well, basically, this is not good. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. I mean, after all that, you were <coughs> still, you know, where's the sunshine and rainbow? Where's the happiness of this fun little movie I was watching? <laughs> it ain't there anymore. And that's the whole point about 70s films. I'm trying to make that point. Yeah, and this movie, too. Why? You know, it really does that. He purposely wrote that so it would, as they say, would fuck with you. This a great what the fuck movie is made to fuck with your expectations. Like you would expect this to be a simple robbery until, you know... It's like dominoes. This movie's like dominoes. Just keep ba 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 ba. And these two guys are sleazy as hell. Oh. And right now you're going to see why he hates cops so much. And I actually understand him. And I've known about incidents like this. What about you, Carl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people in my local jail would have accidentally fall down the stairs. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh. I mean, you don't like them for what they're going to do, but you can understand why he hates the cops so much. Yeah, but 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 doing this is not the right yeah, thing. No. Well, who does the right thing in this movie? Yeah, exactly. Only reason these two guys, you know. Now, they're not showing anything, but you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And I'm talking on both scenes. This is before uh, that poor guy got... If you live in... This is another thing about small southern... Well, small town life. 
The cops were basically gods, and they could do anything they wanted to to you at any time in those little back rooms. Oh, I'm so fucking lonely. <laughs> and I love the little bit of he's jealous that his brother's uh, getting the girl. There's always that little bit of competition between them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's just so many layers to this movie, like an onion, you know. He's just being a big baby right here. Yeah. <laughs> See, look at the look in his eyes. Yep. You, you know, would really expect, good. yeah, you would expect overacting in a movie like this, but there's not any. No, there isn't. Um, and, and, and as I say, you know, it's based on a real incident. Now that doesn't mean anything. No. But the one thing I think that Max Bear is trying to do here <laughs> is to make it as real as possible. Look at the set design. Look at how the movie looks and, and portrays the time period and yeah. everything. Everything, I mean, everything is there. And he, he produced this film. He wants to make it in such a way that it seems realistic. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. This movie, by word of mouth, I'm amazed that y'all only played it one week and then at another time at the end. I'm amazed that it wasn't oh, that held was just over. That was the release. I'm sure he uh, ran yeah. it a couple more times, maybe. Duh, yeah. Was you shocked that the second time it came to town that uh, how many guy, how many people came to the drive-in? Oh, my God, yes. Seriously. And I love that they don't show what they actually, you know. The... Yeah, yeah, it, 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 they don't. <laughs> Which is unusual for a drive-in film, right? Yeah. Well, for a movie, too, because movies are based on show, not, you know, it's a visual medium. I love how he said that she didn't even get offended. That's another surprising thing, too, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love the tension here. I mean, this is when you really start getting your nerves, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, they ratchet up the tension really well. Oh, God, yeah. 
And if you even look at the trailer or the posters, you wouldn't know what's going on. All it nope. says was they were all laughing smiles in 1950 until they crossed the Macon County line. Right. And, and there are similar movies out there. Um, I always bring up Jackson County Jail. Yeah. You know, uh, which is the same thing. It was, and, and, and remember what I said, Welcome Home, Soldier Boys, has basically the same exact plot. Yeah. Again, the, the, these little small scenes that are quiet really work well. Oh, here mm-hmm. is my favorite acted scene of Max's in the whole movie. Absolutely. And he said he had to fight to keep it in. Oh. Yeah, I mean, this is a jaw dropper. I can just see your jaw dropping the first time you've seen this scene. Right? Am I right, Carl? But the thing about this is, this was not, this wasn't as much of a jaw dropper as you think, because I'm in northwestern Pennsylvania. There are no blacks, and trust me, uh, uh, there was so much um, prejudice up there against blacks. And remember, I I was, you know, so this did not, this does not surprise me nearly as much. It's the honesty of it that surprises me, you know. Yeah, black I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes. You're absolutely right about that. Your mom and I feel the same way. Yeah, we all have that moment in our lives when we realize our dads are not... The super gods. Mm-hmm. And this is a scene, this scene here is to lull you. You know, like, oh, good. We're going to get back and they're going to have, we're going to mm-hmm. have the basic sex that you know. Yep, not quite. And if you look at uh, Jack, uh, what's his name, the other Vent brother, you can tell Alan. that water is cold. Alan, you can tell that water is cold as hell. Look at oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's a male thing. The water could have, like, ice cubes in it. If the girl gets in and says, won't you join me? Oh, you're definitely going to join. Yeah. And I love how it's filmed, too. It's not filmed in the exploitation way. No. Which you would expect. And that's the whole point. It's not. Which which is really good. Yeah. This movie is a drive-in movie, but it's not an exploitation movie. 
And that's unique. Played indoor theaters and grindhouses just as good. Really shows how unique and different this movie was. Oh, yeah. You know... You know, the funny thing is you're not seeing any, any. Uh, well, you did see just a tiny bit of uh, uh, boob at the first one. But, but yeah, they're doing it very, very. And Alan loves to show his ass because I think we've seen it more than anything in this movie when it comes to nudity. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> see, ass. Yep, there is definitely yeah. action. Can you believe, I mean, are you any surprised that this movie played in the grindhouses, Carl, and was a, oh, no. and was a decent hit, all. big hit? Yeah. Yeah. Alan Bench, sex symbol. His ass is in the World Hall of Fame of Asses. Yeah. And here's another thing, you know, you expect these guys to get away, but no. And they're just trying to be nice. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they put that shit in the trunk? Yeah, really. Yeah. We're dead. Now we're starting to get into the car chase stuff. Uh, I'm glad Vicky ain't here. If she heard that, she'd be cursing out the film. Oh, absolutely. You. Anyone who says that you drive like a woman hasn't driven in California. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go into uh, Vicky. <coughs> Seriously. And now it's all really, you know. Yeah.
And that's the cut. I don't. What the hell has he got such a big ass goddamn gun for hunting? I don't know. He does. Hell, most about my my granddaddy shotgun was a twelve gauge. These little scenes. This is what makes this different, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it should be in this, but it is. Yeah, like I said, this is why I picked this for what the WTF. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't expect where this film goes. And it doesn't give you any hint that it goes where it goes. And... And that's what cops do back then. Yeah. This is not. This is not a rare occurrence. But, you know, this is the point about this film. What is its point? Now, think about this for a second, Stephen. Okay, is it an indictment on... What is it saying? Is it saying that something's bad? And certainly, I think, in this point, at this point... You know, it's making a point of it is bad what the cops are doing. That nobody, you know, has is innocent in this whole situation. Right? Right. And this is, like I said, destroying the happy-go-lucky myth of American graffiti, too. And the whole 50s nostalgia thing. The mm-hmm. white folks was all dying. Let's go back to the fifties. Let's go back to the fifties. Do you think any of the blacks would want to go back to the fifties? Uh, no. No. Not particularly. Oh, shit. I love the fact they don't show any of the violence. But no, they don't. But concerned more about the impact of the violence rather than the violence. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it's about. And here's where we, it really switches over from drama into (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I can just see everything stopping to drive and everybody just, whoa. Like, what the fuck is going to happen now? What the fuck is going to happen now? Well, you know, the interesting thing about your pick is, is we talk about what the fuck movies, right? Most people are going to think, you know, uh, um, are, are going to think fuck Rubanzai or, or, you know, uh, uh, any of these uh, uh, um, films uh, that were uh, midnight films. But you look at this, okay, which was a drive-in hit, and that this is structured in such a way that there isn't another drive-in movie like this. And so you really came up with something interesting to start this whole series. And I did yeah. want to mention that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, to me, what the fuck movies or W2F movies are about the impact it has on you. You know, you're sitting right. there with your jaw on the floor like, what the hell just happened? Seriously. And this is very intense scene here, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And even here they're teasing you that oh God, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna find him, he's gonna find him, he's gonna find him, you know. Right. When I first seen this, it was on TV, so I didn't understand what those guys had done to her. I just known that he just walked up to the house because, well, you know, they had to cut that whole scene. Now, that's fucking brutal, man. This gets really fucking brutal. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just love how he just, you know how most movies like this, you'd have one smart cop and one dumb? Just look right. how quick he puts the pieces together here. Yeah. And you're right now, you don't know, you're really rooting for them to get away. Yes. But you're right. What would you say about happenstance? This is definitely a movie about happenstance and how exactly. the ball starts rolling. You can't it, stop it. You can't stop it. And yes, that might be a little squeezer because, yeah, right here they're giving us a tiny hope of, you know, maybe he'll be able to stop it. Uh-huh. Not in this movie. You just gave it away, my friend. Well, this is the second time they've 
hopefully not watching this for the first time listening to this. Yeah, true. But when I say that, I mean something bad is going to happen. You just don't know what. And like I said, you're still, come on, man, you're close. And I bet he knows it's those two fuckers at the station that did it. Oh, God. In a way, I love that movie, but in a way, this is a better film than Last House on the Left that shows the same impact of violence that Last House on the Left has done. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? It's very good. Uh, I, I I don't really connect it with Last House on the Left because Last House on the Left was designed as a horror movie. This is more of a drama with horror elements and not really horror elements, okay? Uh, uh, you know, Last House was, was shot in a different way. This is much more realistic, and that's the point. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is a tragedy. But the interesting thing about I I was just going to say the interesting thing to me is is the acting of these three leads. You know, there's nothing histrionic about it, right? Yeah. Uh, They play, you know, again, I keep saying realism, realism, realism. But that's the point. Yeah, even the sheriff could have been yeah. an over-the-top, but he isn't. And unlike those movies, which once they start rushing towards the climax like this, yeah. you would expect it to keep rushing. But not this one. It's like, no, we're going to slow shit down. Yeah, Just and in of the course, part that's a quote from one of your favorite films. Yeah, well, let's, still, let's, yeah, even hateful eight, but still, that's what they're doing, isn't it? Well, yeah. You're just sitting there like, uh, are they going to get out of this? Are they going to get out of this? And yeah, and even with these he? quiet scenes, see, that's the beauty of it. These quiet scenes, like this one, you know, the the, the tension still ratchets up. Yeah, it's still. This is a really good pick, Stephen. This is a really good pick.
Sorry we're talking right now, but like I said, this is just... That's really well done. Yeah, very well done. And like I said, they could have gone over the top with uh, histrionics and like that, you know. Again, I give all the credit to the director, who we haven't really talked about much since the beginning of the film, but Compton really does some great work over the years. Um, And very underrated, extremely underrated. Yeah, and uh, Max Baer, too, who, like I said, he produced produced this, he wrote the idea, he co-wrote the screenplay. Yep. You know... Ooh, I love this right here because, like I said, you think of A and right now it's like, okay, we got to get the climax started up again. So you got someone coming towards them through the bushes. Yeah. I bet at the drive-in, you could probably hear a mouse piss on cotton during this part. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know. I like that. See, you don't see what happens there. No, you don't. They don't shoot this like a drive it like an exploitation movie. No, they don't. And right now you're at the point you don't know what the hell's going on. Nope, you don't. Not by a long shot. Yeah, and that's what a good what-the-F movie. It takes you out of your comfort zone and then just whips you around, just wham, you da- just dang. Oh, yeah. And it's aged well. Oh, yeah. I love it. Slow motion and the frogs are getting louder. And they don't go for the body and Clyde shot. 
No, they don't. Which is another surprising because this is the 70s and usually you would expect the... And look! The sheriff... The sheriff is... And now you're really like, what the hell? Who the fuck? What the fuck? Well, yeah. Good God. Yeah, and this is one of the most shocking scenes ever, and it's... God. Well, that fucking escalated. (laughs) Now, if your heart isn't, like, torn out right now, something is fucking wrong. Yeah, instead of going for, like I said, the scary ending, you know, or the action ending, it. And I love the fact that he don't blame that little boy, you know. And look at the look on Jeffrey Lewis's face there. Yeah. After one retrial, the Lon Hawkins and Elisha Gibbons were executed for the murders of Deputy Ray D. Vaughn and Mrs. Carol Morgan. Luke Morgan sailed his uh, 29th birthday in a mental hospital in Tennessee where he's expected to spend the rest of his natural life. Chris Nixon is now Master Sergeant in U.S. Air Force and is stationed in Hawaii with his wife and three children. God. What did you think the first? How hard did this hit you the first time you watched this? Well, you know, the, the it's it's funny. Okay, so I haven't seen this in thirty years. And by yeah. the way, James Gammon was in that too. Uh, and that was Leif Garrett as Luke, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it 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 does have an effect on you. There's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> good film. Seriously. Yeah. Whew. No, tell me about it. And that's why I picked it because it does still have that effect of just woo. You know what? You know what the effect is? Oh my God, we fucking survived that movie. 
That's what the effect is. Yeah. And it flipped it there. You know, you said there's no good people. And at the end, everybody's really a victim of what happened. Right. But that's the point. Everybody did something wrong to make that happen. Right? We talked about happenstance, right? Yeah. And and, and happenstance is when nothing's controlled, where, where you uh, um, survive on instinct, right? And, yeah. and and you make you have the wrong instinct. Uh, it's a damn good film. It's a damn good film. Uh, yeah, and, and I was just going to say it's not one I'm going to watch again right away. Oh it's, <laughs> no! <laughs> like I said, when I was a kid, I watched it once a year, and that was enough. Yeah. But like I. Said, well, I'm just saying this. This is just the start of what the fuck month. Trust me, we're mm. getting weirder from here on in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I still haven't. Yeah. We were we were going to do a film, uh, uh, Judge Roy Bean, but unfortunately, it's too long to do, so I've got to pick another one. I haven't done so yet, but I've got it down to a couple. We'll talk uh, after uh, after the show. Yeah, we'll talk later. But, yeah, next week, well, we're going to get weird. And this one is, I don't know why fans of weird films have not glommed on to this like a madman. I mean, you see big fans of films like The Dark Backwards and other ones like that. But you don't see many fans, really, of Brain Dead. Oh. I, I fucking love that movie. I love that movie. Dearly love it. I mean, this one has uh, Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, uh, Harold himself. Bud, Bud Court, Bud Court. Yeah, Bud Court. And... George Kennedy. I, yeah, George Kennedy. And I can't explain what this movie's about. Because watch it first. It's on Shout. Just look up. Brain Dead, and not the Peter Jackson film. But this is the reason why Brain Dead became dead alive in the United States, because Brain Dead had come out before that. Right. And I can't describe what this movie's about, because if you ever looked at the video box, it just says, watch this movie. <laughs> And you can't describe what the movie is about. One of the, more, one of the more strange movies that uh, Corman produced, because it's a Corman film. But yeah, it, it's the, out there. It may be the strangest film that Charles Beaumont's ever written. Oh, fuck yeah. That, that's for sure. And we'll I, get I, into who Charles Beaumont is next week.
and thank Absolutely. you for listening. And tomorrow night is Carl's Mother's Day special. Absolutely, we're we're doing a uh, on Deviant Legion. We're doing a uh, uh, basically a playlist of Mother's Day songs, which are about mothers or uh, uh, mention mothers in the title. Uh, and uh, just to give you an idea, <laughs> I'll give you the weirdest one I'm doing. I'm doing uh, Treat Your Mother Right by Mr. T. Ha <laughs> ha! Treat your mama right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll be back next week with Charles Beaumont and uh, Roger Corman's Brain Dead. And I hope you enjoyed this. And thank you guys for watching again. And the drive-in is now closing up, so please leave and don't get any speakers ripped out your windows and all that other jazz. Yes, and thank you, Stephen, for having me on. These are always a blast. Really appreciate it, man. And as usual, good night, everybody. See you next time. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Good night.